It's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox. I'm Bill Hemmer. I'm Janice Dean. I'm Juan Williams, and this is the Fox News Rundown. Thursday, June 9th, 2022. I'm Evan Brown. With war slogging on, the U.S. ambassador to Ukraine continues diplomacy as Ukraine's people keep fighting to rid themselves of Russian soldiers. The word surrender is not in the Ukrainian vocabulary right now, and it's certainly not in the vocabulary of American officials who are trying to push these weapons and this aid into Ukraine. This is the Fox News Rundown War on Ukraine. Listen to the all-new Brett Bear podcast featuring Common Ground, in-depth talks with lawmakers from opposite sides of the aisle, along with all your Brett Bear favorites like his all-star panel and much more. Available now at foxnewspodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. American diplomats are back to work in Kiev, and that includes the new U.S. ambassador to Ukraine. Bridget Brink says for now the job of American diplomats is to support Ukraine and dissuade Russian aggression, but carefully, because if Russia is left unchecked, President Vladimir Putin will set his sights on other European targets. We are here to stop this this conflict from becoming bigger, because I think if left unchecked, I, I believe that Russia will continue. Brink's work and that of her staff in Kiev has just as much to do with Ukraine as it does the region and the world, because the war is proving to be a destabilizing factor all over. It's interesting because... Traditionally around the world, the role of the State Department and the embassies that work to represent U.S. interests abroad is pretty standard. Fox News correspondent Trey Yingston Kiev had the exclusive interview with the ambassador. They discussed the war effort's immediate future, how it's impacting food supply in much of that part of the world, and what the U.S. can really do about it. It is set in place doing just that to represent American interests in other countries. In the situation we are seeing right now unfold in Eastern Europe, the role that the United States and the ambassador herself plays varies. Not only is the U.S. embassy open again in the capital of Kiev, but the officials there are playing some level of basically a, a communication effort to keep the Ukrainians and the Americans on the same page. And that doesn't just have to do with humanitarian aid. It also has to do with this military equipment that's coming into the country. The ambassador is clearly acting in part as a go-between for the U.S. government because she has met with these top officials in, in Ukraine, including President Volodymyr Zelensky. So we discussed a variety of things, including the military support from the United States to Ukraine. We talked about some of the atrocities and aftermath that she saw herself in the outskirts and suburbs of Kiev. And we also talked about really what I think is arguably one of the most important issues right now for the entire world, and that is the looming global food crisis that is expected to take place later this year due to the war in Ukraine. And she had some very interesting things to say about that. Let's talk a little bit more about this food crisis, because this is how the war uh, on Ukraine does affect really much of the rest of the world, especially, I believe, Africa. Uh, Ukraine, historically known as the breadbasket of, of Europe, 
uh, still to this day uh, ex- uh, had or uh, up until the start of the war anyway had been exporting a significant amount of grain to help feed much of the Eastern world. Uh, that has been put into peril, and and because of that, millions of people are facing starvation in some of the more impoverished parts of uh, of the world, namely Africa. Uh, so. What is the United States and its diplomatic partners around the world trying to do uh, to uh, abate this, alleviate it, uh, or or try to get past it? I found this part of our conversation today to be the most interesting because it was some new information from the U.S. ambassador. She explained that the Americans are trying to find alternative ways for the Ukrainians to export their grain. Obviously, there's the way of the ports. That's one possibility. There's also a potential of additional storage. There's a potential of uh, doing it by train. So there are a few different possibilities, and we're pursuing them all. The Russians are blocking critical port cities, and they are making it too dangerous for ships to come and leave with the grain that much of the world relies on. And they're looking for basically ways that diplomacy can be used to alleviate this pressure and also creative solutions to a problem that does affect millions of people. Another thing that she discussed was the Ukrainians trying to come up with new storage solutions so that the grain can be harvested and then stored in a location that it will remain usable, and then ultimately exported when more stable solutions are developed. And so it's an issue that we have talked with a number of officials about, not just the ambassador. Uh, The executive director of the World Food Program, David Beasley, expressed concern about this a few months ago when we interviewed him just outside the capital of Kiev. And so it really is a global problem. And I got a sense that the ambassador really understands how pressing this issue is. There are clearly conversations going on behind the scenes to find a way to address this issue, understanding that even if there is a short-term solution to this problem, with the war ongoing, it will be really impossible to get Ukraine up and running at a level that will support the countries that normally import their wheat and their grain. And the, the grain problem is really twofold. It's it's not just that Ukraine exports the the wheat and the grain for uh, much of the world to use and to eat and keep 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 uh, you know whole populations fed. It's how Ukraine makes its money. So it, it's imperative that Ukraine uh, sell this wheat to the world so they can have the money they need to do what they're going to have to do, and that is to fight a war and take care of its citizens. And if if and when this war should end, they're going to have to rebuild things. Um, the ending of the war, I, I think, is becoming a bit more of a topic for discussion, because as much as the the world uh, has marveled at the the strength and the perseverance and the uh, just the overall guts of the Ukrainian fighters and the Ukrainian people, uh, and certainly uh, uh, the strength of, uh, of their president, uh, Volodymyr Zelensky, uh, it's becoming more and more apparent that they're outgunned. Uh, Russia has more artillery. Russia has more force uh, in, in terms of, of size of, of its force. Uh, eventually, Ukraine is going to have to talk about surrendering. And we've, we've seen some significant Ukrainian losses in the past couple of weeks, um, facing uh, losses of soldiers up to 100 a day, uh, losing territory. 
uh, especially in the eastern part of the country. What does the the ambassador say about the, the path forward? Because at some point, everyone's going to say, you know, we've done our best. We, we've got to we've got to find a way out of this. Well, look, the war is entering a phase of attrition in the east. The Russians are certainly able to make territorial gains in the Donbass region, but they're by no means holding the territory that Western intelligence analysts thought they would. And they're certainly not doing it as quickly as they would. So uh, the word surrender is not in the Ukrainian vocabulary right now, and it's certainly not in the vocabulary of American officials who are trying to push these weapons and this aid into Ukraine. What we're likely to see in the coming months is basically a situation where the West says, look, you need to come to the negotiating table. The issue is that neither side has indicated they are willing to go there right now. Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky has been very clear. He is not willing to give up a single inch of Ukrainian territory to the Russians. They will fight tooth and nail until they are able to either take back the territory or the Russians just start taking larger population centers. But there's no indication right now that the United States or, or key NATO allies are going to pressure the Ukrainians into giving up. Um, quite the opposite. But it does raise an important question of are they able to even mount a significant defense with the weapons that they have? And you're right. They are outgunned right now. They are significantly outgunned, and I think it's an important conversation to have because we often talk about the will of the Ukrainians to fight and the resilience of the population. But when you look at the weapons that are coming to Ukraine, not only will they have to be uh, resupplied and, and refurbished if they're, if they're damaged in battle or destroyed, but you have to also have the, the bullets to fire. You have to have the artillery shells to fire, and those get used up each and every day. And then you talk about the medium-range rocket systems. Well, the United States has only provided the Ukrainians with four of those systems. And the Russians not only have more firepower, but they also have cleaner supply lines to get their troops reinforced. And so uh, the coming months are going to be very difficult. They're likely to be even uh, bloodier in some areas than we've seen uh, before, because this is very quickly becoming a conflict that is stalled, but yet it is not ending. And I think that is the danger in the coming months is that you see a war of attrition in the East and what took place over the past eight years where there was a significant conflict erupting with 14,000 people dying is just now taking place on a larger scale in the Donbass region. And so the Ukrainians will have to continuously convince the West that they are going to keep putting up this fight and, and expressing what they need. And that is in part the role that the U.S. embassy is playing here. There are certainly a number of military conversations going on at the level of the Pentagon, but there is this push to basically encourage the world not to forget about the Ukrainian people, and that's a lot of what we are seeing and hearing from officials in Kiev. You've been listening to Fox News correspondent Trey Yingst once again reporting from the Ukrainian capital of Kiev here on the Fox News Rundown, War on Ukraine. We'll have more with Trey straight ahead. How is the mood in, in Kiev among the people that are there? Because uh, Kiev is in a different part of the country. It has certainly had its uh, share of near misses in terms of uh, incoming attacks and whatnot. But ultimately, uh, I believe from what we've seen anyway, 
uh, and your reporting, uh, people in Kiev are trying to go about life as, as normal as possible. Is that what your impression is? Yeah, they are. And it is difficult because much of the population has returned to the city. And you see the streets are filled with people. The weather has been quite nice. When we first got to Ukraine in February, it was very cold. And so people weren't out and about sitting in parks. But it's summertime now. And so civilians are in their home. They're in their city. And they are trying to live some semblance of a normal life. But yet the air raid sirens continue not on a daily basis, but certainly a weekly basis. And even as recently as last week, the Russians fired cruise missiles at the Ukrainian capital. So it still remains in Russian sites, and it does pose a significant risk to the civilians who decide to return or decide to just stay throughout the war, because this city is still in range of Russian missiles. And while we're not seeing the street-to-street fighting or the shelling on the outskirts of the city, as we saw at the beginning of this conflict, there is still death and destruction taking place, not just in the eastern part of Ukraine. And so the city has to maintain this posture of readiness. And that's exactly what's happening on the ground in Kiev. All right. Trey Yingstar, Fox News correspondent in Kiev. Thank you once again for being with us on the Fox News Rundown War on Ukraine. Absolutely. Thank you. You've been listening to the Fox News Rundown. Rundown. Stay up to date by subscribing to this podcast at foxnewspodcasts.com. And for up-to-the-minute news, go to foxnews.com. Hey, it's Clay Travis. Join me for Outkick the Show as we dive deep into a mix of topics. New episodes available Monday to Friday on your favorite podcast platform and watch directly on outkick.com forward slash watch.